Hearing God means you have peace. We've been talking about hearing from God, and you need to make sure that um, you have a desire, first of all, to hear from God. You know, you can get so busy in life that uh, you, you don't even think about God. You can do that. And, uh, but you do also need to know that, you know what, I'm just, I just desire God. And then the second thing is to know, we talked about this, is that you not only know God's voice, you do hear from God. John chapter 10, verse 3, we talked about this. He said, my sheep not only recognize my voice, but they also know God's voice. <clears throat> you know, when my wife, it, we could be and having a potluck, and there could be 150 people there, and if she says, Mike, I know it's my wife, and I should come. We know people's voices. They're very distinct, and you know that voice. You know, your children, or when you were a child, you heard your mother's voice. There's been lots of times that I acted like I didn't hear it, but, I, you know. But for the most part, uh, we know one another's voice. And God is the most awesome Father, and He's saying, you not only recognize my voice, you do know my voice. So we need to make sure that's on the inside of us, that I know God's voice. So this is what you need to make sure that you never say. Never, ever say again, I can't hear God. Don't say that. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Don't say that. You can hear, not only can you hear from God, you need to say, I hear from God. I hear from God. John 16, 12, uh, it says that, this is one of my favorites, is because I say this so much. I say, the Holy Ghost leads me and guides me in all truth, and he shows me things to come. Amen. I've said, started saying that when I was in Bible school and back in 1987, and I just would say it, going to class. Holy Ghost leads me, he guides me, shows me things to come. I say it over and over and over to where my brain goes, yep, he does. You need to know that. You need to believe that you're being led even when, and it's not a supernatural leading 99.9% .9 of the time. You know what I mean by that? It's not like, you know, God says, Mike, speak, Lord, your servant heareth. No, it does not go like that. It's just annoying. And then, can I just be honest? There's tons of times when I don't even know, but I, I'm being led. When I was even a, a teenager, my brother-in-law, you probably heard this story, but I was so encouraged in the first service. Somebody came up to me and says, I love to hear your story no matter how many times you said. <laughs> She's been in our church for many years, so she says, I think I know the story better than you now. But uh, my brother-in-law was unemployed, and I was um, a teenager, but I was working. I had an income and living at home, so I had money. So uh, my brother-in-law, I didn't realize, but they, were, uh, they had their car repossessed, and they were about ready to lose their home, and they were really struggling financially. But, you know, when you're a teenager, uh, I didn't know that and didn't understand what was going on in their life. You know, just life was happening. So after church, 
a bunch of people went over uh, my sister and brother-in-law's house, and I always went. So we went to have a meal, and my sister was cooking it, and she told Johnny to go, uh, that's her husband, to go to the store. He said, okay. So he ran up the stairs, and he was up there for five or ten minutes, and he came back down, and he says, hey, Mike, come go with me. So I went with him. So he went, and he got up what these groceries to fix the meal with, and um, he got up and put them up on the counter, you know, to be paid for, and he was up there, and the lady totaled it up, and I said, hey, John, I got this. Let me get this. He goes, okay. So, and I paid for it, and he got in the car. We got in the car, and he didn't start it. He just looked over at me, and he said, you heard from God. What? I mean, that was the weirdest thing in the world. What, what, what do you mean I heard from God? That is a weird thing to say. He said, um, I didn't have any money. And I laughed. I go, what? How was you going to pay for it? <laughs> Good looks ain't going to cut it, buddy. You're in trouble. No, but anyway, he said, I, I went upstairs to pray before I went to the store. And he said, God, we have these people in my house. And we want to take care of them. We want to feed them. And I know you do too. And he says, you know, I don't have any money to pay for these groceries. So I don't know how you're going to do it. But I just know you're a good father and that you're going to take care of this. He didn't ask me to pay for them or anything. I've never done that. Paid for groceries for somebody, you know. I'm, I've never done that. And so my point is this. You're hearing from God even when you don't know you're hearing from God. Are you hearing me? <laughs> you can laugh. Praise God. I know God, the reason that he is speaking to us is because he wants us to have victory in our life, number one. And when we make bad decisions or wrong decisions, sometimes it takes us to a place we don't want to be. My, all of my kids, all three of my kids know this line. If you keep going down the wrong road and making the wrong choices, you will end up at a destination that God didn't intend for you to be at, and you're not going to like it. And it will be your fault. But the good news is, the good news is, God can get you back on track. I said, God can get you back on track. You know, I, back in the day before, we, you know, the whole world didn't exist in your phone, you know. Uh, before that, some of you young people meant, what do you mean? Yeah. There used to be no phones. And so our GPS was uh, in the car. And you punch in where you're going and, and it would tell you, you know, turn left up here or whatever. And, but there's times that, you know, if you had one of those, I had one of those, and I would mess up or I would be listening to the music and just not paying attention and, and I would miss my turn. And she would so politely say in such a sweet voice, recalculating. I'm so thankful that she didn't say, you missed your turn. Start paying attention. Now, this next light, you turn right. You understand? How I many you know that she never did that? She was just real sweet. And you could have probably got a guy's voice, but, I mean, I got the girl's voice. It was so much more pleasant. But anyway, she would just say, recalculating. And sometimes she would say it a lot, but I didn't pay attention, recalculating. 
recalculate. I could do it three or four times, and she was sweet even the fourth time. <laughs> even the fourth time. She didn't, it didn't tick her off like, okay, this is it. You make another wrong turn, we're done. You understand? We're done. She never did do that. Some people, listen to me now, they think God is not as nice as the computer on your GPS. They think if you mess up once or twice, three times, okay, God's done with me. He's never done with you. I said he's never, ever, ever going to be done with you. You can make a mistake five times, ten times, twenty times. And then you go to bed and wake up again and do some more. God is so merciful. The Bible says this. His mercies, plural, are new every single morning. Why? You and I need them. I said we need them. Praise God. But so many times I know that uh, when you hear from God, Sometimes it, it, it's not logical, and we talked a little bit about that uh, last week. And, and I know this. Sometimes there, when you, you, you're believing God for something, the devil wants to put a barrier up in front of that. Listen to me now, because I believe there's some people here believing for something. So many times it's, it's not just... There's been times I believe God for something, and it was just like, wow, that was so awesome. And then there's other times it's like I was believing God for something and it's like, mm, a door got closed. Listen to me. Just because a door gets closed does not mean it wasn't God. I'm not saying it does mean, but if you still have like, man, I, I felt like this was God. Don't just accept the door closing as, well, it didn't work out, so I guess it wasn't God. Not necessarily. If you still have that desire in your heart, Man, there's been times, man, I say, I'm kicking the door. I am not going to just, no. This is my, because the devil wants you to go, yeah, it was God. That wasn't God. No, you shouldn't. No, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, when you are believing for something and you know it's God, there's lots of times, and I mean lots, where you get a barrier or something that is hindering you to try to get you to get off course. I remember when we started the church, we were at, it used to be Holiday Inn on Elizabeth. I don't know what it is now, but um, I remember we were there for 18 months. 18 long, long, long months. And why do you say that? I had to, me and this other guy, we had to, get there early in the morning, set up our own sound system, set up the chairs, set everything up. When church was over, we had to tear it all down. I'm glad the Lord gave me grace to do it, but I look back and I say, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to do that. But I remember there came a time when um, I would go in there and pay a month to month, but we had a deal a handshake that this room was ours. One day I went in there to pay 
and they said, oh, by the way, I think it was about three weeks, um, they rented this room to somebody else. I said, excuse me? I said, this is our room, and you, you really weren't supposed to do that. She goes, I know, I'm sorry, it's out of my hands. That's how, you know, they say it's not my fault. It's somebody up there, over there. So I said, so you're telling me we're, we're not going to have a place? No, not only that Sunday, but I think it's going to be three or four Sundays in a row. I said, oh, thank you. So I went and started talking to God. I said, Lord, um, we need a place. If we don't have a place, you know, we don't, can't have church and blah, blah, blah. And so um, I remember one day I was going to go check the mail. You go down the club manor to check the mail. When I came by, it wasn't Carl's Jr.'s at that time, but I went by there, uh, the building right past that, in that little strip mall. There was a big truck backed up to the door, and they were taking stuff out. And so I just pulled right in there. It was that building on the left. Uh, it's a storefront building. How, how many of you remember that building? Oh, yeah. But uh, so I went in there. No for sale sign, no rent sign, no nothing. And I was just talking to the guys, and I said, hey, what's going on? Is you, you leaving? He goes, yeah, we were just using this for storage, but... We're, we're, we uh, don't need it anymore. So uh, I said, well, I would be interested in this. And he says, well, yeah, the guy who's the property manager gave me his name. I had to look up his number and everything and found it. And the guy says, well, um, I don't know. The owner is in Sterling. And so I went and uh, tried to get in touch with him. He says, no, no. He says, I'll take care of this. But he says, I'm not for sure because, you know, um, uh, the pay and and you're a church, and I'm not for sure if he wants to do this. And, and so he was kind of negative. And um, so I think it was like less than two weeks that when we were going to be out. And so the following Sunday, I told our church, I said, we're going to be meeting at 4021, 40, I said, we're going to be meeting uh, at 4021 Club Manor right around the corner. My wife was on the front row. She just went. So after the church, she said, um, do you know something that I don't? Because the last conversation we had is that guy said he didn't really want to rent to us. I said, yeah, but I'm, I believe God's going to work this out. I, I just feel a peace about it that we're going, we're going to be in there. She said, and if not, I said, I'll be at the front door telling everybody we're not meeting here today. I said it, I'll be a big boy and own up to it. And so it was like 10 days. And the guy, it, well, I'll take it back. It was less than a week. It was, I think we had six or seven days. So the guy, I called him and he said, yeah, I did talk to him. He says he'll, he'll rent to you, but, uh, and he'll even give you the first month free because it's a mess in there. So I got about a six or eight or a dozen people to help clean up. And we just set up chairs in there, and we set up our sound system, but we didn't have to tear it down. So I was so thankful for that. But, I mean, God works things out when you don't give up. Don't quit 
upon what you're believing God for. Don't quit. Even when it looks so difficult and it's like, wow. And the same thing happened to get this building. I'm reminiscing today. The property manager at that place. We were there for several years. And so in every three years or so, we renew the contract. So finally, we went month to month because he said, Mike, uh, you know, uh, I think we were paying, I forgot how much we were paying. I want to say 3000 a month. I think that's what we were paying, 3000 a month for rent and uh, plus utilities and everything. But anyway, he, he sit there and I said, well, this is the thing. We'll go month to month, but you have to promise me you'll give me 60 days. I said, we're a church. And I said, we can't just, um, you know, go find another place the next week. He says, Mike, I promise you, I'll give you 60 days. So I was up in a meeting in Denver, and in between uh, uh, the meetings, I got a phone call, uh, a recording, because he called me during a meeting. And on, I listened to the message, and, hey, Mike, I just want you to know um, you got three, 21 days to get out of this building. We already got it rented to somebody. So just give me a call. Thanks. Click. So I called him, and I said, uh, I won't mention his name, but I said, hey, if I remember the conversation right, which I know I do, you promised me 60 days. He goes, I know. I'm so sorry. I go, no, 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 no. Sorry. It's not to what I want to hear. I want to hear I have 60 days. I can't, Mike. I've already, it's, it's out of my hands now. I'm getting to where I hate that phrase. <laughs> he said, I've, uh, I've already got this company, and it was actually the, uh, the lottery. The lottery was, uh, he says, oh, they've already signed a contract. I said, wow. All right. Thank you very much. So I had 21 days. So I went that, left that meeting, came back to Pueblo, and there again, I had uh, two hours to talk to God, and said, God, we're in that same boat that we were, you know, a while back. And so I started driving around the city. I said, where do you want us to go? The north side, the east side, the west side, the south side. You want me to leave? I knew I, I didn't say that. But, but um, and I just felt, I remember the guy I met. He was a realtor. Uh, his name is BJ, and, and I, he, we became friends remotely and uh so i called him and he says man i we gotta find a commercial building for our church he says well come on to my office and we'll look so we looked on his computer and he said man mike there is just nothing going on at that time he said uh, well there's this one building on horseshoe but he says it, it's a fitness center i mean it's it's not a good fit and well let me look at something else you know i go no go back to that I said, let's go check that out. And he goes, Mike, you're not going to want that. He wouldn't even come to this building. He says, you just drive by it, and then if you like it, call me, and I'll meet you there. Well, I not only drove by, I went, and I parked out in this parking lot. So I started looking in. As soon as my feet came out of the car, I just felt the peace in my heart saying, this is it. So I went, this is it. He checked it out, and this building was for sale, not for rent. It was for sale. It had been on the market for a year, a year. 
Nobody even called about this building for a year. When my realtor called, they were ecstatic. It was the first phone call they had in 12 months. Somebody wanted the building. And uh, so the story was, some of you all have heard this 150 times. But anyway, the story went that um, it, they wanted, uh, what did I get for it? It was either 350 or 450 But uh, I offered him $100,000 less. And my realtor got kind of upset with me. You know, as a realtor, you know, he's like, you, you just, I, I he goes, Mike, this, this could embarrass them and them just tell you no. $100,000, Mike, that's not just chump. Mike, I don't think. I said, I just feel like we should, we, we should do this. Okay. So he did. And they came, they took off 75000 And I said, well, if they'll come that far. They'll come to the other twenty five. He goes, Michael, David, what did you do? I go, just drop. And I said, I'm not afraid to hear no. Are you afraid to hear no? I'm not afraid to hear no. I'm not afraid to hear no. So I just say, matter of fact, tell them that um, if they don't want to take the $25,000, we will go look someplace else. He goes, you don't even have another bit. Where? I go, I, I don't know. We'll just go look someplace else. <laughs> Four hours, he calls me back. He says, you got it. He goes, I don't, uh, you, uh, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> I said, we got the building. We were in this building less than 21 days. A commercial. Good friend of mine, Ron Waller, he, 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 he knows about this. He says, Mike, that's a miracle. You cannot get a commercial loan in 21 days. That's impossible. He says, I'm just telling you. He says, you, even if it was a multi-million dollar and they really wanted your money, they couldn't jump through hoops that quick. I'm telling you, when you start... Walking with God, hearing from God, and not giving up, not giving up, and believing. You have a supernatural father like nobody else that you can even dream of. Things will happen for you that will never happen or, or that nobody knows. How can that happen? The same way the Red Sea opened up. Are you hearing me? The same way Jesus fed 5,000 with a little boy's lunch. You're telling me it's, it's impossible to get a building? Because, you know, it, the reason, let me just back up. I wasn't just being greedy. I started figuring out the mortgage payments. And I couldn't, you know, at that time, we didn't have a monthly payment that we could afford $100,000 more. So I just brought it down to what we could pay. So I wasn't just being crazy. So I said, Lord, I have faith. I believe God. You know what? If God just spoke to my heart and said, yeah, right for that, I would have done it. We're believing God for a, a building that's at least 50,000 square feet. That's bigger than what we, we really need right now. But you, I just feel like we need to believe something to, to be bigger. I said, God, I started thinking about, man, you've done so much for Rocky Mountain Family Church. Miraculous things. Things that... People say, wow, Pastor, you've done this. And, honey, you don't know the stories. I had really nothing to do with this. It was God. I was just doing, I was, God says, here, Mike, I want you to do this. Okay, yeah, let's do this. Mike, I want you to do this. Okay, yeah, let's do this. 
Mike, I want you to get this building. Okay, let's get this building. The, the, the commercial inspector, after we got it, you know, he walked through it. And, I mean, it's a book that, you know, to check out the building and all this stuff, you know, it's above my head. I was just following around like a puppy dog. And then finally he goes, man, yeah, this building. He goes, what did you pay? He says, I actually thought about buying this building, you know, but he said I saw what they were asking for, it, and he says I didn't even make an offer or anything. I, he said, can I ask you what you paid for it? And, you know, I told him it was $100,000 less than He could look at me. He says, you're a pastor. You stole this building? You ought to be ashamed. You thief. And I smiled. I said, you know what? God just did that for us. I said, God did that for us. You acknowledge God. You acknowledge God in all that you do. You acknowledge him. Why are you doing that? Because if you're acknowledging that he can do this, he can do a 50,000 square foot building. If you acknowledge God, he can do that. He can do something greater than you could think or imagine. You start acknowledging him for this thing, and I'm telling you, Pike's Peak becomes a molehill. Pike's Peak becomes something that, oh, it's not that big a deal. David had that mentality. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. This giant, <laughs> it ain't nothing. But God had him def- come up against something. He says, David, I'm going to show you that you're a conqueror and that I'm in you. You're more than a conqueror. So he killed a bear. And he didn't have a shotgun or an AK-47. You know, if you had that, that wouldn't be a big deal. But when you're just a boy and all you got is a sling, it becomes a big deal. A lion? Man, you killed a lion. A boy killed a lion. And then, so he faces Goliath. He remembers. He reminisces. God, you killed a bear through me. You used me to kill a lion. And so this is what he says to all, everybody. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, he's saying, who is this person who doesn't have a covenant with God? Who is this person who doesn't have a covenant with God? And we have a covenant of God. So he, I'm sorry, but he's on the losing team. It doesn't matter if he's 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall. It doesn't matter if he's 50 feet tall. He's still a loser. And the boy ran toward the giant. When the giant said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to do this. And David said, I'm going to cut your head off and feed your carcass to the birds. You talk about the the athletes now know nothing about trash talk. (laughs) David was the king of trash talk, but it wasn't trash, it was truth. If you can back it up because of the greater one being in you, I said, if you can back it up with a greater one, that's why people, when they get full of faith, they can say, I believe I'm the healed of the Lord. I believe all of my needs are met. I believe I'm going to prosper. I'm going to get promoted in my job. I believe my business, I'm going to own a new business. I believe this. When you start talking like that, and the reason you can talk like that is because you hear right. You tell me, or you show me somebody who talks wrong, and I can probably show you somebody who's not hearing right. I did this to the first service. Hopefully, I, it's better this service. How many saw the show, Sue Thomas, FBI? Holy cow. <laughs> Chad asked if it was black and white. <laughs> it's not that funny. 
It wasn't. Anyway, sounds familiar? That really doesn't help me. But anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you what the story. It was based upon a true story. There was a woman who was totally deaf who applied for the FBI, and they hired her because she could perfectly read lips even from a great distance. This was before, the, you know, all the high-tech stuff, you know. So she could read lips. So if there was a drug deal or something going down, she would go, okay, he's saying this. But she was totally deaf. So if you talked behind her, she wouldn't turn around. But when she talked, she didn't pronounce all the words correctly because she was totally deaf. You could understand her really good, but uh, she, she, her words were, were you know, it's kind of like me when I talk Kentuckian. You can't understand it all the time. Anyway, so my point is this. I thought of this. I thought she couldn't speak totally correctly because she couldn't hear totally correctly. And the Lord, I just felt him say, he says, yeah, my people do that all the time. My people do that all the time. And I go, what do you mean? He says, they don't hear the truth. And so they're not hearing correctly, so they're speaking wrong. The Lord put this sickness upon me. That's wrong. Well, I'm just a sinner. That's wrong. It just seems like I, I can do nothing right. That's wrong. And the reason it's wrong is because you've heard wrong. And if you hear wrong, you're going to speak wrong. And if you hear wrong and you speak wrong, it means you're going to believe wrong, and you're not going to see it manifested. You'll see the wrong thing manifested. I, re- I truly believe that God was a healer, but if I didn't just live good and live right, that sickness could come on my body. And it's kind of like the Lord allowed that because I, I didn't live right. It's wrong. I said it's wrong. The purpose of hearing messages, of reading the Bible, is so that you can hear from God correctly. If you're not hearing correctly, how do you know what to believe? You believe what you hear. I was raised in church, and I believed a lot of stuff, and I come to find out that a lot of stuff I believed was wrong. It's kind of like what you watch the news. That's why I quit watching the news. Because 90% of the stuff is opinionated or wrong. I do not watch the news. I used to be a news fanatic. My point is this. you got to be careful what you hear. If you hear something from this pulpit and you think, man, I don't know about that. You better look it up. That's why you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. You have a Holy Ghost inside of you. God lives inside of you. Don't you trust Pastor Mike or Melody or whoever preaches from this pulpit 100 Well, that's what they said. But it, do you know for sure that's what the Word says? You need to hear correctly. But listen, I will say this. Whether it's this pulpit or any sermon or any message that you ever hear or any book that you read, if it's not good news, then you better quit listening. You know, you need this, and you better this, and you, and you, and you, and you, you should, you. 
The gospel is not about me, and it's not about you. The gospel is about him. I said the gospel is about Jesus. I said the gospel is about Jesus. And what did he do? Oh, he died for me. He shed his blood for me. He became sin for me. He became sick for me. He became poor for me. He did all that for me. For me. Before I even knew him, he did it for me. Man, that's why I gladly, gladly serve him and worship him and follow after him. He has my best interest at heart. I'm telling you, he's good. He is great. And that's why he wants you to hear him. And you can hear him. This is one of the, the number one ways to hear God is through his word. That's where I read my Bible. I'm telling you, for decades of my life, I'm 58, for decades out of my life, I read the Bible and filled my religious square and felt good about Mike. Have you ever read and, and prayed and fasted and did all kinds of spiritual stuff and felt good about yourself? I'm a pastor, and I did. I tell you what, man, I fasted. I've prayed for hours. I've spoken tongues. I did. Whoa. And God says, yeah, that stinks. Can I just give you a clue? If you're reading your Bible, if you're doing anything for God and you're feeling, and that makes you feel good about yourself, that is called self-righteousness. I don't read my Bible to feel good about Mike anymore. I don't pray and spend time. I don't even preach from this pulpit so a Mike feels good about myself. That's a pretty good message, Mike. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I've been preaching for years. No. Are you hearing me? What you do as far as getting to know God, reading the word, it has nothing about you feeling good about yourself. If you're doing that, you're going down a road where you won't like the destination. It's called religion, and it will put you in bondage. It will put you in bondage. There's days as a pastor, I didn't read my Bible, and I thought, oh, Lord, why did you call me? I didn't read my Bible. If I could see God in the natural, he would probably go, really? Really? I'm telling you, I read my Bible because I want to hear. When I read, I'm expecting to hear from him. I'm expecting to get to know him better. I'm expecting to have more of a grasp of the good news, the grace of God, the love of God, the, great, the grace of God, everything that, that's good about him. I'm going to have a better grasp. That's why I'm going to read my Bible. And it has nothing to do with Mike Davis. When I pray, I don't pray because that's just what pastors are supposed to do. It's what Christians are supposed to do. I are one, so I should. No. I'm telling you. This is setting somebody free today. I know. I believe it. 
It's setting somebody free, maybe more than one. But I know I'll say it just to set one free. Because you need to read your Bible because you're going to hear from God. And he's going to show you things that you've never seen before. And some of you may even not be a Bible reader. And this is not to condemn you. Dear Lord, this is to set you free. You read your Bible to be set free, not to, if you, listen to me, anything that you hear makes you feel like you're in bondage, you heard wrong. I'm going to say it again. If anything you hear makes you feel bad and in bondage, you're listening wrong. And that's coming from me or anybody else. So my point is, I'm not saying this to try to make you feel wrong or bad. I'm saying, read your Bible because God is wanting you to hear him and see things in the word that you've never known before about God. He's not what you think. There's some people in the audience today, you have a wrong opinion about some things of God. you got some wrong opinions, and it's your opinion. You may be, it may not be your fault as far as you were taught wrong. I was taught wrong. You only know what you're taught. You only know what you're taught. In school, if they taught you 2 plus 3 is 7, You could go to somebody and say, listen, I was taught this. I don't care what it is. You you may be taught that, but it's two plus three is five. Even in Kentucky, (laughs) we take our shoes off. Yeah, it's five. (laughs) God wants you to know the truth. John 16, it says the truth. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth, and he will show you things to come. The good news is, even if you've been taught wrong, I was taught wrong, and you know what? I'm not a perfect pastor even today. There may be not 99.9% truth. I can only preach to you what I know. But the point is, the good news is that even if you're wrong, you're messed up, God says, I love you so much, that's okay, I can get the truth to you. may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, but eventually, if you just keep seeking after God, you'll get right the truth. Why? Because he's your father. I said I was going to close. Let me give you one thing. Colossians 3.15. This is one of my favorite scriptures for, for hearing from God. Knowing, being led by God. Colossians 3.15, this is the Amplified Version. It says, and let the peace, everybody say peace. Let the peace, so harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding, settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that perfect state to which as members of Christ, one body you are also called to live. And he, and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. If you ever make a decision and you just don't feel good on the inside, that's God telling you it's a wrong decision. Even if your brain up here between your two ears says, you know, this is a good deal. This is a good deal. You should do it. You know, I'm not probably like most pastors. And sometimes I even think I'm too transparent. But I'll be real transparent before you today. Before I married Melody, I uh, married a woman that I should have never married. I wasn't following after God. I felt so wrong on the inside about this woman. Man, she was so good looking. 
on a scale of one to ten, she was a fifteen. I never, I never. <laughs> I know. I thought, I, why would she even be interested in somebody like me? To be honest with you, I thought, man, I'm about a two. But anyway, she, she was. And but the, the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, I mean, was screaming. I am serious, screaming on the inside. Don't, no, no, no. And I kept ignoring it. I got sores on my inside of my mouth that were so bad I couldn't eat. It was affecting me physically. No, that wasn't God. That was just me knowing that I was going down the wrong road. I did. I ended up marrying her. It lasted for months, not years, for months. And I was just as much at fault as her because that was God saying, this is not good. This is not good. I'm telling you, it's not good. I mean, he was screaming at me. My point is this. God does not want you to live in any hell on this earth. Are you hearing me? But the good news is, Forgiveness is abounding, and like I said, it only lasted for a few months. But I went through hell and back. It was really bad, and the Lord knew that in advance. I'm telling you this, so you, when you feel that on the inside, don't go through with it. That's your heavenly Father being an umpire to you and trying to tell you, don't do that. The pastor already did. I understand. I did. The Lord is so merciful and graceful, he can get you to where you can have peace because he is peace. Peace is not just dwelling on the inside of you. Jesus is the peace, and he's inside of you. So listen. I'm going to close with this. Are you getting If you feel... In your mind, your mind may just say, yes. But down here, you go, no, you go with this. If down here you feel yes, and your brain goes, no, you go with the yes in here. You say, well, how do you know? You know, all of us have made decisions before you go, I knew I shouldn't have did that. What? I knew I shouldn't have did that. I knew I shouldn't have bought that car. I knew I shouldn't have did that. What? Because on the inside, there was a voice that was talking to you. Every single decision. But just get, the, get this. Any decision that you need to make, you'll have peace on the inside. If you don't have peace, don't do it. Don't do it. I said, don't do it. I don't care if every Tom, Dick, and Harry, if your mother and your brother and the dog spoke to you. Listen, if you don't have peace, don't do it. Man. That's not a good way to learn, but boy, did I learn. If I don't have peace, uh uh-uh, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. What is that? It's the mercy of God. He wants you to know. So, the good news is, just like the GPS, if you do do that, God says, recalculate him, and he'll get you back on the right track. Why? He's an awesome father. My God loves me so much. He didn't want me to go through that, and he knew that. But guess what? He will let you choose that. 
He'll even let you choose not to live for him, serve for him, do anything for him. He'll let you choose. He will. But the good news is you can go, man, Lord, I, you told me. He said, yeah, that's all right. Come here, Mike. I know. Everything's all right. I will restore the years that the canker worm, that the palmer worm, I will restore the years that the devil, he took a year from you, I will make it double. I'll triple, I'll quadruple, I will bless you abundantly more than what the devil has done to you. I will show him in his face and bring it up to him time and time again. That's my son. That's the one that you thought you were going to mess up, but I'm telling you, this is him and who I am well pleased. I'm proud of, and I dwell in him, and I make a way for him where it seems like there's no way. I love him and bless him abundantly because of my son, Jesus Christ, lives great on the inside of him. Woo! How many think that's good news? That's what people who need to hear, who make terrible decisions, who think that, they're, that God doesn't love them anymore, they need to hear stories like that so they can say, I believe that if he can do it for him, he can do it for me. And that is so true. If he can do it for David in the Bible, he can do it for Mike Davis in Pueblo. He can do it for Christina. He can do it for Larry. He can do it for Georgia. He can do it for anybody that will say, I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to believe you. Let's stand.